You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. It's okay if you aren't ready for kids right now. It's okay if you don't want to be a mom now or even ever. It's nobody's decision but yours. But do you know what's not okay? Not knowing how effective your birth control is. Talk to your doctor about effective birth control options so you can make an informed decision. Tap to learn more. I'm Vienna Farron, a licensed marriage and family therapist. I've spent over 25,000 hours working with individuals and couples and families, which has given me a front row seat to our capacity for change, no matter how challenging a story might be. This is a show where I speak with anonymous guests every week about challenges they're facing. We're strangers up until the point we sit down with one another. And I have to say, it's actually really challenging. It's really hard for me to go in without much information or having a previous relationship with them. Every time I sit down with a guest, I'm hearing their story for the first time. I'm trying to create a sense of safety for them and create some type of connection for us. And I'm also wanting us to accomplish something without forcing it or leading them to a particular outcome. We're giving you real conversations to see what can actually be accomplished in a short amount of time. Even though what you're listening to in the show is not how I work with my actual clients, it's pretty incredible what a one-off conversation with someone you don't know can lead you to. In fact, I think it's quite remarkable. I'm the author of the national best-selling book, The Origins of You, which explores how to break family patterns so you can liberate the way you live and love and create the life and relationships you've always wanted. What I've found time and time again in all of my work is that the unwanted patterns in our adult lives are really just unresolved pain from the past trying to grab for our attention. If we can be brave enough to face our patterns, a lot of beautiful healing work can happen. That's why this show is named This Keeps Happening, because who hasn't said that once or twice before to themselves? I hope what you hear today helps you as you go through your own journey. I hope someone's story holds up a mirror for you and reflects something back to you about yourself or someone you love. Because sometimes learning through other people's stories is a beautiful invitation to learn about our own. Our guests are anonymous. Names and other personally identifiable details within their stories may be changed or excluded. Conversations with participants are limited consultations. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. It is for informational purposes only. Today, I'm speaking with a married couple, Jess and Echo. Those are their aliases. The past few years have been incredibly challenging for their relationship. A lot of the strain came from the pandemic. 
But there was also some additional strain around multiple pregnancy losses. They really had a hard time communicating about their sadness, about their grief, about what it is that they were going through. They ultimately separated for about 10 months and recently decided to give their relationship another chance. They've been back together for about three months now. We begin this conversation by talking about why they parted ways. I'd love to really hear from both of you what your hope is from having this conversation uh, here today. I don't know if there's something specific that's been on your hearts and minds lately, but curious where you both are coming in from. I am excited to be here. And I think what's present for me is, and I have done couples therapy previously, but we have been um, in a season of separation recently back to rebuilding our marriage the last three months. Um, But we've continued to do individual therapy. So we haven't done any couples therapy since um, we separated and then got back together. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's just kind of a space to share what, where we are now and hopefully leave here feeling like we've strengthened a muscle for our rebuild of our marriage. Um, and I think the other thing that's present is just like having very open ears to each other and you. Mm -hmm. How long was the separation? We were separated for 10 months. Mm-hmm. And and just about 10 months. What did it look like? Were you living separately or yeah, what were some of the kind of mm-hmm. rules, boundaries around it? Um yeah, we were living separately, like not necessarily like far from each other. Mm-hmm. We were like our apartment complexes were on the same street. Uh-huh. Um and so we we pretty much were just communicating like, hey, I'm walking the dog down mm-hmm. down past your apartment complex. And so that's really to the extent that we were like communicating um, for the most part. Okay. Um, Echo, from your perspective, what, what led to the separation? Was this a joint decision for both of you? No, it was pretty much all my decision. We had just gone through a tough time through COVID um, and through a couple of pregnancy losses. Mm -hmm. And I... I was finding myself not happy or like not able to regulate mm-hmm. like my emotions and just like what I was feeling. And so, yeah, I, I definitely started it off as we were separating to like not get back together. And I, I didn't necessarily start off thinking like that I was needing to do a whole lot of inner work that kind of happened after the fact, but yeah, it definitely started off with just like some hard times during the pandemic mm-hmm. and me just feeling a l- just like unhappy. Yeah. Are you okay sharing a little bit about what the emotions were and sort of the dysregulation? Um, I know I don't I know I don't know you um, other than yeah. these few minutes here, but I, I think I could feel a little bit of the emotion there for you, even just recalling it and and sharing some of that. So, yeah, like what what did you notice in your inner world that was coming up with the pandemic, with the pregnancy losses? You know, what were some of the narratives that you were hearing inside of your head? There was definitely this feeling of feeling stuck and then some lack of purpose as well. I think being in fitness and Mm -hmm. the gym that we both worked at 
shut down. And then obviously I wasn't like personal training in a gym anymore. So I was kind of like, well, what do I do now? Yeah. So some of that, Mm -hmm. and then our pregnancy losses were just kind of, that was the first couple of times we had both experienced, you know, like being pregnant, just being pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I think more so of that was just like navigating the grief and not really understanding how to do that. Um, We, I think we both process things differently and I could feel myself after the fact, learning more about like inner work and stuff like that, that I was just kind of like avoiding those feelings and not necessarily wanting to feel the grief, whatever, whatever that felt like. I don't even know if I knew like what grief felt like. Um, And just, yeah, like navigating, just losing a pregnancy. Mm. Yeah. I mean, so much loss, right? The Mm -hmm. loss of purpose, role, identity, career, right? All of these things that were happening. And then on top of it, um, and it sounded like there were multiple pregnancy losses, right? So just a lot of loss um, that I imagine both of you were were feeling. Jess, do you want to, can you share a little bit about your experience of that? And um, yeah, I go, I'm not, I'm wondering if, you know, like the part of you that's like, I don't know how to feel or be with this, right? And so I want to get away from it. And Jess, maybe you had a different take on that. Maybe you wanted to mm-hmm. talk more about it or be more connected through it. And Echo, you were wanting to sort of go off on your own and figure it out further away. Is that, does that sound right, Jess? Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, I am much more of like a communication processor and I feel a lot often and am very comfortable talking about what I'm feeling and sharing that. And I what, what I learned through uh, those two and a half years was that that was like how I wanted to connect with um, my partner and he was withdrawing further and I was like extending more mm-hmm. um, as a result and that then like eventually just kind of started to wear on me of feeling like he was very withdrawn from our marriage and our little family we have three rescue dogs so they're like our kids but it just kind of started to feel like I was doing life alone with them but he was there physically so that was that was definitely really challenging and also each of the second two pregnancies came just at times we all three honestly really came at times we were not anticipating to get pregnant and then it felt like with each loss, like he got further away and was by the third was just unable to even like engage in the fact that it had happened. And I really turned to my best friends and my my mom and sisters to process and heal. And I then I think kind of had the shift in me to like rely on them mm-hmm. for the support and the love that I was n- not receiving from him and I think now in hindsight like that also like created me putting up a wall of like well I'm getting this from others so I don't need to seek this from him anymore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Echo I know you said that 
maybe the expectation with the separation was actually that you were not going to come back together. Um, mm. and, and now you are back together. And obviously you both went off and did some individual work and a little bit of exploration. But I'm, I am curious about how that shifted for you. Um, mm. Yeah, like, why are we back together now? I actually, like, initiated the divorce process. Mm -hmm. And in hindsight, realized I was doing that heavily off of my emotions and not, like, consciously thinking mm -hmm. about, like, what I was kind of starting. But let me, let me slow you for a second. Off of my emotions, meaning, like, okay, I'm experiencing all of this and now... I need to be away from you. What was the emotion that said, because so far we haven't said our relationship was terrible. We were fighting all of the time, you know, and maybe in this period of time, there was more conflict or many more ruptures. But I'm curious mm -hmm. when you say like ah, the emotion, right? Like that was filling you up during this period in the relationship that was saying like, yeah, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore because... I or she what? I think I felt I didn't want to be in the relationship. I What I was telling myself was that like we weren't aligned anymore. Like I was saying like I didn't want to have kids anymore. And uh -huh. I like wasn't, I was telling myself like I wasn't ready to like really, I guess like compromise and like sacrifice. Mm-hmm. For someone else, I felt like I really just wanted to focus on myself and like my own life and like my career and kind of figure out how to push that forward without someone else by my side. Yeah. Yeah. And would you say that the I didn't want to have kids anymore came from the pain? Yeah, definitely from like not wanting to experience that again yeah and like I, and i guess yeah like thinking about actually like having a child and then like it happening after mm. you've had a baby like i think that kind of definitely was lingering in my mind too and i was like well if this is like how this feels before you've met your child like i don't really want to know what that would what that yeah. could possibly feel like after oh yeah right the, like the grief the heartbreak the the despair it's like i don't even want to touch it so let me put a big wall up around myself mm -hmm. to protect myself from yeah ever having to feel that again okay mm -hmm. yeah thanks for letting me deviate mm -hmm. there yeah. for a moment uh -huh. okay so yeah you you initiated the divorce but then you were also the person who initiated coming back together mm -hmm. okay so yeah tell me just a little bit about how how you got to that place i uh, started meditating like heavily again um and just like i never was into journaling but i started journaling and then i was obviously like working with a, a therapist mm -hmm. And I was meditating one day and I like felt the universe communicate to me that I needed to give this like one more try and actually go all in and for the time being focus on learning how to like regulate my emotions and like regulate my nervous system mm -hmm. so that I was just able to be open mm -hmm. to things and not just get defensive and just like put my walls up as soon as either something didn't go my way or something like triggered triggered mm -hmm. those things so yeah i like feel like i like blacked out a little bit like while it was all happening but um mm -hmm. 
I yeah, I don't really remember like how I initiated it, but I definitely just like reached back out to her and I just explained to her like what I was experiencing and like what I was feeling. And at this point, Jess was still very protective of her space and her energy. So she was kind of like not really sure where it was coming from and kind of like you need to think a little bit more about this and like make sure that, that this is actually what you want to do. And so, yeah, it kind of, it started off slow communication that was just like texting and like a phone call here and there. And then we went on one, one or two dates. And then the first one, you can definitely tell like the space was like a little bit awkward. It was definitely a little still just not stale, but like you could both tell we were like, Walls like halfway up, just mm-hmm. kind of like feeling it out again. And then the second date was a little bit more easy. We like went out to dinner and talked and I mean, it felt like easy going. Jess, what do you want to tell me about this experience, right? Because he's the one who, you know, initiated kind of both parts and yeah, like I, maybe the radar, the antennas are up, you know, and just mm-hmm. like, okay, like what's happening or can I trust this? Can I trust you with mm-hmm. you? Um, so I'm curious yeah. from your perspective and I know the coming back together here is still pretty new, just a few months mm-hmm. in. Um, yeah. Like what this has been like for you. I definitely had gotten to a place where I was like really accepting of our paths moving forward separately. Mm. And I felt like I had like literally just gotten to that place when he reached back out to reconcile. And I had really been wanting to reconcile and focus on rebuilding throughout the separation. So it was initially like really hard for me to shift gears and say like, okay, I'm open to this. Um, and I definitely felt very, very cautious through those initial two months of us seeing each other more. And I really just agreed to kind of dating. And I, I had very, for the, I felt like for the first time, like had very strong walls up and slowly felt them coming down. But I think in the last month, I found myself feeling like very proud of where we've gotten so far. And we've still navigated some challenging things since, you know, reconciling. But I feel like we have been moving through them in a way that feels much more like we're doing it together mm-hmm. and versus like separately. So that feels encouraging. Um But it was a big, I still feel myself at times like when some of our previous behaviors will show that I'm like instantly in that space of like, okay, well, I can just move forward alone. I know I feel peace and stability Mm -hmm. and like positivity when I'm a single person. So I have found myself like going there right away kind of quickly and then like talking myself out of like, no, I, I want this. I want this partnership. And Mm. just because like one for a few moments or in this one experience, we have shown those old sides of ourselves or like they've come, they've resurfaced. Like that doesn't mean that that's 
all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's like my biggest growth still as we work through this is like releasing that story of like we are so conditioned to do the withdrawal and then the like lean in. I've just been trying to be like more present to that. Okay, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. It's okay if you aren't ready for kids right now. It's okay if you don't want to be a mom now or even ever. It's nobody's decision but yours. But do you know what's not okay? Not knowing how effective your birth control is. Talk to your doctor about effective birth control options so you can make an informed decision. Tap to learn more. What scares the two of you the most about yourselves? So answer it for what you fear within yourself first. I uh, I guess what I fear the most in myself is repeating a pattern that I that I just like know I've repeated for so long say the pattern and that's like withdrawing just like as soon as i guess i I almost like feeling triggered or feeling myself start to dysregulate a little bit like immediately just like Mm -hmm. kind of going into my turtle shell and being like i'm like i feel safer Mm -hmm. inside of the shell versus trying to uh, lean into like the uncomfortable and like lean into just something like new that's something that I'm not used to doing or used to practicing. Yeah, such a good awareness. I'm curious if you have some thoughts about the origins of it, right? Because I am hearing like I have to do this on my own, right? When I'm dysregulating, when I'm feeling big feelings, when I feel um defensive, right? Whatever it is, like I can't trust in doing this with someone else. Right. Mm-hmm. I have to go away from people to be with it or feel it or process it. And Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, you probably have an idea of where I want to go with this, but yeah, yeah, curious um, what you know about that, right? What's familiar? Maybe you could tell me a little bit about your childhood and Mm -hmm. what you were taught, right? Whether it was through, you know, explicit stories or whether it was just what you realized you had to do, but I can hear you even Mm -hmm. just the way you're describing it, right? It's like, that's safety for me. Right. Mm. It is not safe mm. for me to be like, hey, I'm going to share with you the depth of my sadness right now and open myself mm. up to you. Right? That's that's much more foreign to you. So, yeah. Mm. What, what do we know about this part? Well, my parents definitely were not great communicators with each other. Like I watched mm-hmm. my dad pretty much my entire life and still like still to this day, um, just 
never being vulnerable and mm -hmm. and never never leaning into that like okay i feel this way or i feel angry or i feel upset and yeah. just kind of like yeah just like shutting down mm -hmm. and then i would t say to like in that same sense never feeling safe enough or like heard enough for my parents to want to like tell them those things mm -hmm. it was always very much growing up if i said something or had like an opinion that immediately it was from them it was like oh you should do this or mm -hmm. you know you should do this and it was never like them just hearing me out it was always like to try to like not necessarily help or maybe they were maybe they were trying to help with just like what what they knew um but it always felt like they weren't trying to help it always felt like they were just kind of like well no, you should do this and and i would be like well i like okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. right like kind um, of bypassing yeah. though what mm -hmm. it is right like maybe they're trying mm -hmm. to solve something fix or give advice but right why that doesn't land is because mm -hmm. there's a feeling and emotion there's an experience that you're carrying that they're missing right that they're not mm -hmm. able to connect to right whether the advice was objectively okay or not you know it doesn't really mm -hmm. matter right because your mm -hmm. experience was missed right yeah and then so yeah and growing up just being like well i'm just not going to tell you like mm -hmm. what i'm feeling because this is what always happens yeah. Just avoiding that situation. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that Jess can hold your experience? Uh, yes. Yeah. Did you not believe it before? I I don't I don't necessarily think I didn't believe that she could. I believe it was more of me not understanding mm -hmm. myself and like what I was feeling enough to like mm -hmm. get there with her. Yeah. That's really nicely said, because I think sometimes when we have the experience where, especially if it's the adult adults in our lives who don't know how to be with our pain or our emotions, whatever it is that we might be experiencing, then not only do we learn, okay, other people don't want to feel this or be with it, it also teaches us to disconnect from it as well, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you're like, I don't even know how, like, I couldn't connect to it myself, right? I didn't even know how to share this with you. Right, really makes a lot of sense. When you think about sharing things with her now, what do you notice in your body? I know you you smiled at her and you're like, yeah, yeah. like she could hold it and yeah. beautiful up here, right? But in the experience of like, let me share with you the depth of my my pain, right? Like what do you notice in your body when you have done that? I definitely still feel like tense in my chest. I have to remind myself to like take a deep breath mm -hmm. or like I feel, I just feel like tied up almost. Yeah. Just, yeah, tense, like tense would be the right word. I just feel like, like I'm like tightening up. Yeah. Um, okay. Just for you, the thing that scares you the most about yourself? I think the thing that scares me the most about myself is the potential to feel happy enough and continuing in our marriage while not like almost this like fear of like not encouraging us to like be 
more than what we are right now. Um, so I guess my fear is just like getting complacent in the relationship um, and accepting that that's just like good enough. Mm-hmm. Say it again and and make it one sentence. Mm. Uh, the thing I fear most about myself is that I will become complacent in my marriage. What do you know about that? Well, I definitely, I know that that is like what I experienced growing up in my, with my parents' marriage. And I know that my mom, she gathered and gained so much purpose and joy from, from my sisters and I, that it didn't matter that her her marriage with my dad was always like very disconnected and empty. Like Mm -hmm. she just accepted that that was how it was. So I never experienced there to be like an enriched relationship between the two of them or one that felt loving or true partnership. So I, I fear that for myself that I will repeat that pattern of behavior. Mm-hmm. What's your judgment there? I honestly just feel like a sadness for my for my mom in that regard because she's such a full, loving, vivacious person that as I know as like a child and as an adult, I would have love to experience her in a relationship that felt really mm-hmm. like her um full mm-hmm. and vivacious and so my judgment there is just like why didn't she and why wouldn't i cre- like make sure that i was doing what i can to have that happen have that be the case mm-hmm. um what do you think that looks like with echo now right in this rebuilding chapter of your lives Right, where you're like, okay, I don't, I don't want to slip into complacency, or I don't want to yeah. slip into like pretending like something is good enough um, mm-hmm. if it's if it's not right. Like, yeah, what does that mm-hmm. what does that look like here? Yeah, I think that has looked like since we've reconciled, like more early to when like I'm starting to feel just something that doesn't feel quite harmonious inside that like I'm much more willing to bring it up mm-hmm. earlier and I think I'm growing in the last three months of like doing that with um the intention to like really communicate through it and versus just sharing where I am and I think it's also looked like me just saying what I'm noticing and more as an observation and hopefully steering away from judgment, um, which is a growth. And it's also looked like me naming like pretty clearly what I want us. I want us to go to church on Sundays just so we have like some kind of common grounding and holding us accountable to doing that. And um, just like to have some sense of spirituality is important for me. And I learned that 
through our separation very clearly. And I Echo has been very open to doing that and like having that kind of shared Mm-hmm. just grounding once a week that we can kind of draw on and take what we want from it and not like feel this like need to like subscribe to some indoctrination because mm-hmm. neither one of us wants that. And yeah, I think it's also looked like me just slowing down a little bit more. Something that he's shared, which I don't think I've like had this illuminated for me previously is that in our past, I have always been such a fixer so when he shared that like that's kind of his parents like jumped to like try this I don't think I ever connected that like that it was for sure how I addressed Mm. anything that came up really that like felt off or that when when he started to withdraw and get dysregulated I was like you know let's do this let's try this and Mm -hmm. I guess now <laughs> I'm laughing because I I definitely am wired that way, but I'm working on like the, I think what I, I learned about myself was how important it was for me just to like sit and be in all the big feelings that I was having when we were separated and just like letting them be there mm-hmm. and not like rushing to solve or heal or mm-hmm. fix yeah. How does that yeah. feel to hear her acknowledge that and recognize that? Um, I mean, I think it makes me like just realize she's listening and just like open to, yeah. to just letting it be. Mm-hmm. Um, and not necessarily like letting it be that, okay, we're not going to like do anything about it. Totally. But like in the moment, just kind of realizing it and then me too realizing like sometimes I'm just saying that and I'm not looking for mm-hmm. her her or myself to fix it at that moment or yeah come come up with a solution that's right or like to just allow ourselves to to be in what it is that we're feeling and to mm-hmm. not rush or race to regulation or being fine or here's the silver lining or here's why we're going to be okay i think sometimes when we see the discomfort in somebody else that we love and we care about and also when there's maybe even an inkling of it being a threat to the relationship you know it's like that part that wants to find the good quickly right here's why you don't need to be so sad here's we'll just keep trying we'll just keep that right whatever it is we might say in response to that and it's a really good insight for me just sort of hearing hearing those pieces being like right yeah maybe i had the tendency to go to that place and now it's about really practicing trying to hold space to just hear what it is and let you and let us or let me just be in it and get to know it and be more curious about it. Let's take one last break. We'll be right back. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. 
follow your crave. It's okay if you aren't ready for kids right now. It's okay if you don't want to be a mom now or even ever. It's nobody's decision but yours. But do you know what's not okay? Not knowing how effective your birth control is. Talk to your doctor about effective birth control options so you can make an informed decision. Tap to learn more. Echo, I'm curious if there is something that you either haven't shared with Jess or something that maybe she hasn't fully understood about your sadness or about your grief or about the stuckness that you were feeling. Um, And maybe you've said the words before, but maybe there's just a miss in what it is that you would really want her to hear or connect to. Is there something that comes to mind? Yeah, and I I might have said it recently, but Mm -hmm. like I... And I think I like I prefaced it at the beginning that we both we both process differently. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm definitely I'm definitely like a processor, like I'm and I like I think I get this from just like watching my my dad like do it. Mm-hmm. Um that like I will just like keep going or keep it moving and then it will just like hit me. Mm-hmm. then like I like allow myself to feel it like I um yeah and so like I think having her slowly start to like understand that a little bit more has been helpful for me because um she's definitely a feeler and mm-hmm. um I think she can like feel that I'm feeling sad but I'm also like I can kind of just like get in my zone of like, okay, I have to do this, I have to do this, I'm doing this. And then mm-hmm. at some point I get to that place where I'm like, oh man, like I, I am like really sad or I am feeling upset. What do you want her to understand about that? Because conceptually I, I can see just like, yeah, yeah, okay. Like we process differently, mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. And also um, the way that you do it and the way that she might do it, the the difference um might not always feel great for either one of you, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, what are you trying to say to Jess? Um, I guess kind of like not not making it feel like I like forcing me to feel it, um, mm-hmm. and and knowing that like I like I will I will get to it. Mm-hmm. Um. Like the feeling will come up, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think you're saying, I don't want you to force me to feel what's there on your timeline. And you can trust that I will feel it. I will get there. And I will share it with you when I do. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's, what was, what was the eyebrow raise for you, Jess? (laughs) I'm grateful to hear that. And I my eyebrow razor is like the sharing part. Mm -hmm. Um, We've, we have had three weeks of like some big stress in the house as one of our dogs got very, very sick and was like admitted to round the clock care. And it was very expensive. And thankfully they are making a full recovery, but 
then we also got COVID and um, in the midst of that. So it was just like lots of things going on and we we're both feeling the stress of mm-hmm. everything and the sickness and all of that. And um, he, he, there were several nights where neither of us was like sleeping very well. And he has gotten very routine to like journal. Mm-hmm. And so in the morning I've noticed that you have like said, you know, I, I, I came out and wrote and, and there's never though, like the part that I am like not wanting to push, but I also want to ask for is that like, then there is some sharing of like, this is what I wrote about that. I feel necessary to share about where I am. Um, it's still sometime like it through this last three stressful weeks, like there has been this feeling of like, to some extent echo is putting um like he is vaulting things still while you're writing i don't experience the like processing of what what you're feeling so in my experience i just feel like mm-hmm. what what are you feeling what is keeping you up and keeping you writing at night mm-hmm. and i want to i want to know um what scares you about her knowing? I think, I don't know, maybe she feels upset or like it's, like it's her that, that is making me like feel that way or. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Right? It is a little bit of what you're saying is that there's a desire to protect her. Yeah, like in a sense. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I like, yeah, I don't want to feel, I don't want to feel like I'm like putting, like putting stress on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I want to protect you from that. Okay. Look at her. Yeah. Jess, you just keep the eye gaze there. Do you, do you need him to protect you from that? No. Mm-mm. I do not. Do you believe that, Echo? Yes. Who did you have to protect? Who have you had to protect in your past? Um, I mean, I feel like myself, a brother. Mm. Your brother from what? I, I, I mean, I guess just like experiencing like what we were experiencing like at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you not want him to feel? It's your younger brother? Yeah. Yeah. I got the big brother yeah. energy there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that like, I guess like what my parents were going through was, was his fault or like our fault. Yeah. Hmm. Take a breath. I remember you told me I just have to breathe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll find it. I, I don't know if I've seen the breath happen yet. Yeah. Yeah. What are you noticing? Um, yeah, that was like, like getting tense, like mm-hmm. the feeling that I'm like, the feeling that like I'm familiar with. Yeah. 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 At, um, tense in your chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to bring a hand to your chest maybe? Yeah. 
and just whatever feels natural for you. You want to rub it out. You want to massage. You just want to leave it there. Just notice it. Just bring a little tenderness to it. Yeah, it's like in your, it's in your bones, right? The, the desire to, to protect, to shield, mm-hmm. right? to shield. Did either of you hear that things were your fault? And maybe it was explicit, maybe it was implied, but what what gave you the sense? No, I don't think we ever, ever like heard it explicitly or like it come out of their mouths. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just like, I think that's just like the feeling that maybe both of us were like feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, are we causing this or like, yeah, or like what, what could we do to like, make this not be happening mm-hmm. yeah i think similarly um like in my household growing up as you just shared that i was just imagining my middle sister who were were four years apart but our my oldest sister by the time i was in sixth grade she was already off to college and that's kind of when things got like the worst with my parents and my middle sister would when you just shared that about what you would do, like, I feel like she would do that with me. And I like, I've never thought about this before, but that made me realize how and like in those moments, I definitely like, didn't want her to be like protecting me or shielding me from like hearing my parents fight. Like I wanted to like know what they were saying. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to like, I guess I really, I like wanted then to be able to like process it with my mom and she really, I don't think processed maybe as a sixth grader, I didn't really understand what the, but like, I wanted there to be something I wanted to be like, I was happening and I wasn't going to act like it wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's like, that just made me realize that there, there's like a similarity there mm-hmm. in what we were experiencing as kids, but I was the younger, I was his younger brother and that's mm-hmm. in that regard. Um, but I think that's still like as an adult, I don't need to be protected and I don't attribute what you're feeling. I, I did at one point attribute what you were feeling to like me causing it. But what I learned, what I have learned through our separation was that like, I was not a cause of, I know that I'm not a cause and you have to be able to feel what you are feeling. and we just have to meet it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It, this all makes a lot of sense and the desire to just mm-hmm. want to override it, right? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I can handle it. I want you to tell me and we can nod and we can say yes to that. And also, right, to live that out is, it's a different experience, right? Especially when you've been doing it one way for a really long time, right? Like that protective part of you, Echo, is it's such a beautiful part, you know, it's, it, it comes from such an incredible place and so thoughtful, so aware, right? It's just like, I don't want my partner to, to have blame, to feel guilty, to take on, you know, anything that she doesn't need to take on. But also there's a lack of trust there, right? Like, I can share what I'm feeling and I trust you to be able to hold it in one hand, right? To hold me and to also simultaneously hold yourself. Mm-hmm. It's hard, right? To be like, okay, I'm going to tell you something that 
could be hard to hear, right? And and we need to practice doing that so that I can see that you and I can be in the hard stuff together and get through it on the other side. I think sometimes this idea that we're going to, like the lone wolf, we're going to go off and handle it and then come back together and not need to bring too much of it back or I'm going to bring back a really beautifully packaged uh, processing of what happened. Mm -hmm. And maybe we needed that in those 10 months. Go off, do your own thing, figure it out. We were coming back together. Here's what I learned and it's packaged pretty nicely. Great. Mm -hmm. But there also needs to be space for the messy you know, there also needs to be space for the, there's no bow on this package, right? We're right in the middle of it. And I think that that's, you know, echo what, we, what you were describing before earlier in this conversation where you're like COVID and then the, the pregnancy losses, like this is messy. This is not, there's no way for us or for me to package this. I can't put mm-hmm. it in a box and wrap a bow around it, right? And so I need to go away. I need to get away from this. I'm curious if there is something right now that feels a little messy, like something that you wouldn't normally want to tell her or share with her because it's not perfectly put together because you want to protect her from anything, doubt, uncertainty, messiness, emotion, whatever it is. Is there anything that you have there? Um, yeah, 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 I think so. Okay, he's like, oh um, man, what did I do? <laughs> so what did I sign up for? Oh um, Yeah, no, I, uh-huh. I guess this is what I did sign up for. Yeah, um, exactly. But I think that... Um, well, we we like just recently found out that Jess is pregnant. Um, and I think like while I have felt excited, I've also felt like really scared. Um You wanna turn to her? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm scared because I'm scared because I I just like I don't I don't like know how like how how it ends up. Um, the ending scares me because the ending scares me because it might be the same as what happened last time the emotion I'm feeling right now is the emotion I'm feeling right now is sadness yeah Yeah. what I want you to know is I want you to know is whatever happens we will get through it yeah Stay there. Stay with each other for a second. Breathe. Jess, this is for you. Hearing that feels... Hearing that feels comforting. It's comforting because I feel... I I feel so similarly that I'm very scared that we will experience the pain of loss and 
I also believe that we can experience the opposite of that. I, I am growing as I shared yesterday and just like trusting that this time can be different. And also, I feel scared about that too, because raising a child is a huge, I don't even know what the word is, but like, I know that is going to push us beyond what we've been pushed. So that scares me too. You guys want to put your foreheads together for a moment, if that feels comfortable. You can get, if you even want to like get your bodies, if it's more comfortable to put like your arms around each other, <laughs> like get cozy in there for a second. His chair is blocking Okay. <laughs> we don't have the, the most perfect setup for this, but we'll do it anyway. And just go ahead and close down the eyes and maybe just take a, if you can sync up your breath. So Echo, follow Jess's breath, okay? There you go. I just want you both to visualize opening your hearts to each other. Just revealing, being revealed. And maybe you see some emotion hiding behind something. Maybe you're protecting something. I just want you to usher all of that out. Put it right in front of you your fear, your doubt, your uncertainty. Your sadness, your grief. Just put it right in front of you for the other person to see. And just open your chest up, right? Let your body signify that it wants to reveal. You don't need to say anything out loud. What I want you to see is, just acknowledge it silently to yourselves, to each other. What I want you to see is, what I commit to is, What I will continue to practice is I want to do this with you because moving through hard things together is and just stay synced with your breath and take three more in and out together. And once you're complete, just return to your breath ever so slowly, maybe a little squeeze of each other, just an acknowledgement. How was that? What came up for, for the two of you? That felt really nice to like not talk and feel like we were still connecting. Mm-hmm. so thank you yeah I know that there's a part for you Jess that wants to hear that wants to know mm-hmm. and we've been talking about hearing and knowing through communication 
And I'll make the assumption that you were talking about verbal communication before. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I also hear that you guys are different. Yeah. Right. That, yeah, Echo, maybe there's a bit that needs to challenge yourself to reveal and bring things forward and certainly not need to protect Jess from what it is that you might be feeling and making sure that she's not feeling guilty or blamed for that. But I also hear that you're someone who maybe just takes a little bit longer to process or that you want to sit with yourself first before maybe sharing everything. It's okay. Right. And Maybe there's space to communicate differently too, right? Maybe we're not quite ready to share verbally everything that's going on, right? It's not an invitation for you to avoid or hide or do anything like that. But okay, I might need an extra couple of hours before I bring this forward. Or maybe I feel like I'd like to sleep on something and share this with you tomorrow. Okay. But there also might be nonverbal ways of connecting and communicating. Ways that say, I'm in this with you. I'm here. I'm feeling. I'm present. Just like we just did. Mm -hmm. And maybe that is available to us in moments where the spoken is not quite ready to come out. So this might be something that the two of you can use if the words aren't quite together yet to just feel that like I'm here I'm open I want to share this with you I'm connected to you I'm not unavailable to you right because mm-hmm. maybe the words are unavailable in the moment but maybe your presence your heart your energy is there mm-hmm. what came up for you echo yeah just like not communicating verbally but like communicating spiritually-ish mm-hmm. through breath mm-hmm. um yeah was it emotional for you um yeah mm-hmm. yeah anything that you want to share um yeah i think it was like emotional but it was like calming at the same time yeah yeah and then i i enjoyed that good well I'll open it up to the two of you just for any final thoughts or, yeah, acknowledgements of each other or questions that are maybe lingering for you. I'm really grateful for uh, your willingness to lean in here today. And I continue to feel proud of us just like for growing. I think it's so possible and I just want to stay in this. (laughs) And what really came up for me just now was like this, I'm committing to sitting and not solving. And like, I really want to, really want to hold myself accountable to that for us. Um, I feel grateful for you, like pushing us into this. Um, Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she said, who did the pushing? <laughs> Arguable over um, here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I didn't, I didn't like, I don't think I necessarily like wanted to do it at the beginning, but I, I like knew I was like open to doing it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I just really appreciate your honesty mm -hmm. and your willingness to keep trying. Why is it so hard to believe we can go through hard things and remain connected? Such an important question for any relationship. And maybe another one. What keeps me from being able to make space to just be, to just feel? Or to make space for you to just be, for you to just feel? Two important questions for us to ask and answer. All relationships need to know that they can go through hard things and come out the other side. This is needed. This is a requirement. This is so necessary because the reality of it is, is that over a lifetime, you will face many hard things. It is inevitable, right? And so the belief, the trust that all relationships, that my relationship with you is going to be able to face the hard stuff and come out the other side is so important for us to hold on to. We have to be in the practice of uncomfortable feelings. Right? It's not just about feeling good all the time and everything being amazing. Right? There has to be space for the messiness, for the stuff that isn't perfectly packaged. That's what these two are trying to learn together. What they actually need from their partner is very different than what's being given. Right? That's what starts to open up here is that I actually don't need you to protect me from what the emotions are, and oh, I actually don't need you to fix and solve and save. If they can shift away from trying to protect the other person and actually lean towards protecting the relationship, a lot of incredible expansion and healing will take place. I hope what you heard today was helpful. If you like the show, tell your friends and loved ones to listen. It would also mean so much to me if you could rate and review This Keeps Happening on Apple Podcasts. This Keeps Happening is hosted by me, Vienna Farron, with production support from Anita Flores. Our engineers are Jared O'Connell and Brendan Burns. Our theme music is by Casey Holford. Our managing producer is Tamika Weatherspoon. Our executive producers are Josephine Martirana from Stitcher Studios, Keith O'Connell, and Will Rogers from Soundbite Entertainment. Stitcher. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.